Bigger Talks, Bigger Talks. Welcome back again to another episode. And I have a phenomenal guest. She is phenomenal. She's an embodiment mentor coach. Her name is Sia Lanu Strella. <laughs> She's in Hawaii right now. And we're going to talk about authenticity, people pleasing, abundance, and sacred co-creation, which is her book that's coming out soon. And just being your best self, healing the body, and really tapping into your divine, divine purpose. So Sia, welcome to Bigger Talks Podcast. How are you today? Amazing. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Well, I mean, to people listening, we was we were rambling right before we got on. But I want to talk about your journey to getting where you are today, right? Like, how did you get in this space of embodiment, right? I think, at least in my mind, the spiritual world of personal development is like we have all this knowledge and this IP, but we can't apply it and embody what we know. Why is that? Why are we so disconnected from the execution or application of the information or the wisdom we get from the books, from the experience, ayahuasca, meditating, downloads? Why is it that some of us struggle with embodiment? How do you properly embody something to become it so you can live in that purpose? Yeah, you know, this this is a massive thing. I see this with so many of my clients and, and on my own personal journey. And I think for me, what I've really seen is basically from the time we're young, everything is about disconnection. Everything is about conditioning. It's about programming us, right? So we get uh, religious conditioning. We get social conditioning, cultural conditioning. We get familial conditioning, you know, what our parents believe and what they want. And so we come in with this incredible, like pure essence. And you look at kids, like they know, they, they see the magic in the world. They know the limitless possibilities. They don't have hangups about like, you know, lack or, or, or not being worthy or anything like that. Kids are just like, Hey, this is me. They're the most authentic expression you can have until we learn something else. So it can be through all of this conditioning. It can be through the trauma. You know, some of us encounter abuse in our childhoods or bullying, you know, in, in, in our teens or, you know, all sorts of different things. And I think the big thing that is missing from, most I would say modern culture is because we don't have a way of connecting with ourselves and connecting with the magic all around us we don't know how to process this stuff so we just kind of like lose ourselves along the way we 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 start to believe that who we really are is not enough and we actually start to lose who we are because we've got so much information and programming and experiences bombarding us and we don't know how to like move through it and stay true in our center so I don't know about you but I didn't grow up like being taught that that like the earth is is consciousness you know the mountains are consciousness the trees the the right the elements the you know the stars all of this I didn't get taught like that you know like we we don't really have that in our in our modern way of life so we're quite disconnected everything is about externals it's about getting the right grades it's about getting the right university the right job it's about dating the right people you know a lot of it is having the right physical don't even date ourselves 
<laughs> right? You know, like it's so external. I think it's so powerful. I think the first thing you led was that we come into this world disconnected because of the program and the conditioning. So I want to take you down a journey. Maybe you can you can help me in this process. So take me, for instance. Born, you know, you know, single mom. So in my lifetime as a child, I had suffered from emotional abandonment, right? So emotional abandonment turned into people pleasing, which suppressed my authenticity. So if I'm a client and I'm coming to you, right, and you're trying to get me out of the people pleasing phase because of the emotional abandonment, how do you get me to get more into the authentic authenticity of myself to live my divine self of purpose? Like, how does that work? Because I feel like people struggle with saying no, you know, or they struggle with putting that self first, which I did for years. Now I'm better, but how do we actually embody authenticity opposed to coming from a people-pleasing face? Yeah, this is an awesome question. So um, in my first book, so I, I the, the book I'm about to release is my third book, uh, but the first book is called The Rainbow Tablet's Journey Back to Wholeness. And in that there's a line that says, the journey back to wholeness is a process of shedding all that we are not in order to re-embody all that we truly are. And that's, that's really, you know, like this, this journey is, it's a journey, right? So there's layers to what you've just shared. The, the, the first thing I would say, um, if you were coming to me as a client is I would start to guide you into connecting back with yourself and finding your center, because the reason we go into people pleasing is because we are trying to gain approval. We are trying to, you know, gain love. And when we think that that there's a lack of love, it's because we're we're not connected with ourselves. When we connect with ourselves, we Can you say that again. That's powerful. Yeah, when there's a lack of love, or we think there's a lack of love, it's because we're not connected with ourselves, right? Because when you come home to yourself, you discover that not only are you loved, like universally loved, but you are love. That is our essence, right? We are love embodied. That is our pure, pure essence. So this whole thing of thinking that we're not lovable or we're not worthy or, you know, all of these things, it's all an illusion. And yes, it comes from our experiences, but the way to cut through the illusion is to come back home to ourselves and discover the truth of who we are, right? So for me, one of the most powerful pathways back to that is um, through the remembering, through the cosmic remembering, right? So this is why I, I, I channeled these books. There's the Rainbow Tablets Journey Back to Wholeness and the Rainbow Tablets Divine Union and Sacred Sexuality. And then, as you said, the third one will be the Rainbow Tablets Abundance and Sacred Co-Creation. And this is about like remembering that we are not separate, right? We are not separate. We are the unification of earth and stars within ourselves. So we are in every moment co-creating our reality. Things are not just happening to us. We're co-creating our reality. And so, yes, there might be circumstances that we're born into, right? And, and things that happen to us. But we can actually, through tapping into the truth of who we are, we can shift timelines. And what I mean by timelines is like reality. At any given time, we have multiple possibilities before us. These are called timelines. And depending on the decision that we make, 
depends on which way we go. So when we come back to that truth of ourselves, we find our center and we discover we're actually incredible, powerful master creators. And the, the, the first tool that I would say for that is it's essential to have a morning practice, like 100% essential. I like all of my clients. That's the first thing. We get a good morning practice going what for them. And practice, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, for me, uh, look, it, you know, I know different people have different things going on in their lives, depending on if they've got kids, if they're working, you know, whatever, whatever. But everybody has time for morning practice because it can be as little as five minutes. You know, I, I, I have one client who has three children. Her youngest is still breastfeeding. We have worked out a way to get her a five minute morning practice. And she said to me, oh my gosh, it has transformed my life because this is when we start to um, step out of or, or filter out, I guess, all of that static, all of that external influence and external energy and come back to the truth of who we are. So on my website, uh, which is cialanuestrella.com, uh, on the homepage, there's a there's a, a free like morning practice meditation. It's um, called the Rainbow Pyramid Sacred Design. And that is the one that I recommend because that it, it connects us uh, above, it connects us below, it brings us into unity within, and it creates like this beautiful rainbow pyramid around us so that we're holding our sovereign space. Because again, this is something we're not taught as, as children, how to hold our energetic space. So if you're not holding your energetic space and you're not anchoring into the your, your center every day, then you've got to think you're just taking on, taking on what's around you, taking on these interactions. So interesting because I listened to your episode, is her name Dr. Lacey, I think, on your podcast? Yep. Your podcast is what, The High Expression? Yeah, Live Your Highest Expression. And you were saying that you can't start your day without your morning practice. Me, me neither, right? But here's the thing. I've noticed when I don't have that morning practice, I'm discombobulated. Like, I'm off. Uh -huh. I'm not... I'm I'm here, but I'm like scatterbrain, right? You know what I you know what I call that fragmented energy. It's ah. fra it's your energy is really fragmented. It happens to me too. I I I try never to skip it, but if I you know like every now and then if it happens, I get through the day and I've I can feel I've got fragmented energy. That's what it feels like being just like you're kind of like scattered. Why is the morning so important for a routine for people? Like, what's the benefits of the morning? Well, yeah, I think, I well, there's a few reasons. Um, the time that we live in now, uh, there's a lot coming through in terms of the EMFs, you know, the electromagnetic um, frequencies. There's there's a lot going on that is, yeah, <laughs> you've got organite. I love that. I love that 100%, you know. There's a lot being like thrown at us, right? And, you know, we won't get into all the other stuff that they're putting into our foods and all of that. So there's so much going on to take us out of our connection and to lower our frequency. So yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the whole point, right? So when we wake up in the morning, you know, we've been asleep, we've probably picked up some EMFs, even if we turn off our Wi-Fi at night, there's going to be neighbors that have got their Wi-Fi going and everything. We're going to be exposed to Wi-Fi all throughout the day. We're going to be exposed to people throughout the day. So when we take that moment um, to come into our morning practice in the morning and really come into that alignment and really cl a clear our energy field, but b own our sovereign space, our sovereign. Mm, you talking? Yes. Ooh, 
right? It Ooh. elevates us onto a different timeline. Can I give you a really clear example? I want to show you how real this is, right? And just, just to add like to what you were saying before, before we move on, the morning practice, I would say that's the absolute staple, right? That takes maybe five minutes. If you do it spaciously, you can spend about 12 minutes doing that. Then if people have got time, they might want to do some beautiful breath work like Qigong. They might want to do some movement like yoga. They might want to journal. They might want to just sit and be like sometimes we just need to be right. Um, they might want to, I love to work with cacao, you know, they might want to have their own little cacao ceremony. Yeah, they cacao. might. It is cacao. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go, yeah. <laughs> um, and they might want to like, uh, uh, go out into nature, you know, so your morning practice, I, I have one that is like my, my core morning practice. And then depending on what I need that day, I will evolve what I add to it. Right. Because, you know, there are going to be days when we wake up and we wake up out of sorts and those will be the day. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. It just happens sometimes. And I once had a client say to me, um, that she she had thought her whole life based on how she woke up in the morning, okay, my, I'm either going to have a good day or a bad day based on how she was feeling in the morning, right? And I think a lot of people go through life like that. They're like, oh, I feel like crap today. It's not going to be a good day. They don't realize we have the power to transform that. We have the power to elevate the timeline. So those days that we wake up out of sorts are the days that we need even longer in our morning practice. They're the days we won't feel like coming into morning practice because we'll just be in a, you know, we're not in that space. So those are the days that we have to come home to ourselves even more because that's a sign that, okay, something's going on here. Something's, something's in my field. You know, I've got to come back home to me and we spend even longer in that. Now I want to give you a real tangible example of the difference a morning practice can make. So uh, during the, the pandemic, I was living in London and I was moving house. It was it was like right towards the end of the pandemic, um, like we, people were out and moving about and everything. And normally I am just absolutely dedicated to my morning practice. But I woke up and I had a message from the delivery people saying they were going to be there two hours earlier. And it was on the other side of London. So I just had to like jump up, throw some clothes on, jump on the tube and get across to the other side of London. I forgot to, in that hurry, I forgot to do my morning practice. Now, even in that, I could have done it on the tube. And normally if I find myself in that situation, I would. But I think the reason I forgot it that day was to have this example that I can share with people, right? So I went there, got the delivery, did all of that. And then I had to head back to the tube to go back to my old, old place. And as I was about to get on the tube, like go into the elevator to go down to the platform, um, I had this thought you should wait for the next elevator. Yeah. And I just, I kind of went, oh, yeah, but no, like what if I miss the train or whatever? So I got on the elevator. Now in that elevator, I was the only one not wearing a mask and everybody else was. Now masks were not mandatory at that time. And also I did have an exemption um, with my asthma, but one of the ladies started abusing me, like really started abusing me. And even when I said to her, look, I, I have an exemption. She kept, she kept at me and not one person in that elevator spoke up and said, you're out of line. And I got off that elevator and I was shaking. And I thought, why did this happen? I don't encounter people like that. That's not the frequency I operate on. 
And I realized I forgot my morning practice. This is how normal people are experiencing life, right? That is, yeah, it's so tangible, right? So normally when people just go out into the world and you're not clearing your energy and you're not setting that frequency because we're transmission towers. So whatever frequency we're holding in that morning is what we're going to attract for that day, right? So because I just kind of jumped out and I was in go-go mode and I kind of went out in a 3D way, I attracted that experience, but I don't normally encounter people like that. And what I realized was, that thought that came into my head of you should wait for the next elevator, that was actually my intuition. Intuition. But, but because I was not connected in, I didn't recognize it as that. I just passed it off as a, as a random thought and I overrode it with my logic, right? But when we're connected, we recognize that intuition. We, we operate on this higher timeline. So we are naturally guided in a way that we don't encounter those sorts of scenarios. And it's, it's so beautifully put because I've noticed when I'm in a bed too long, I'm just having a hard wake up. I still do my routine. I'm not as like, you know, in it like I want to. But when I go to the gym, because that's part of my routine, and I come back, I feel 10 times better. And I'm like, what I could have took the thought, I woke up and like, ah, and that could have been my day. Mm-hmm. I didn't do all these little things. But I've also noticed with myself, like you said, that when I have people come visit me, I'm like 82% into my routine because I feel like I got unconsciously host. Now you just helped me heal a part of me where I don't give a damn who's around. Yeah. I'm standing so strong in my boundaries. Like, hey, I'll get to you. I need to do this. I need you to be quiet. Like, yeah. because I have to do my morning routine. Like that's, and you said something about, I don't know if you said the aura, but I noticed like when I put in the information and energy and do that time, when I show up in people, like they feel my presence without me speaking. But they don't know things I just embodied for five to seven minutes before I got to the gym, before I picked up the phone, before I went to Instagram. And I just think it's, it's so, by the way, just to go back to you saying we're towers, right? Yeah, transmission towers, yeah. Transmission towers. Are you aware of attachments? So I have an energy healer who comes to me at times. If I'm feeling off, she's like, "Yeah, you got a lot of attachments." On. Like people, throw, people can throw attachments, and what I mean by that is that, like, if say when I'm on Instagram Live, or you got relatives or people from the past, they might hate you, or they can throw energy on you. And that's yeah, what 100%. I always tell people: like, try to clear the energy, clear the environment you live in and you sleep in, because we're constantly on top of like the cosmos, the collective consciousness with all the war we got you know social media we have all this energy being thrown at us and on us and sometimes our thoughts our words are not our words or our thoughts are somebody else's but we're not aware because we don't have the information oh my gosh okay (laughs) I'm literally writing notes because there's so much um that you've just said there So the first thing is 100% about the attachments. This is why it's so important to own our energy field and hold that energetic boundary. That's what what, uh, a sacred design around ourselves is, right? It's an energetic boundary. And the other thing you're talking about is embodied boundaries. You know, so going back to where we started when you said, you know, about people pleasing and abandonment and everything, I, I had a really abusive mom and 
I was also really stuck in people pleasing and people who've had these kind of like difficult experiences when they're they're younger or in their teens or 20s, we often are very um, just non-embodied in our boundaries. We don't feel that we can say what we need or say no. And this is, I'm going to get into some energetics here. We, every single one of us, whatever gender where we, we, we have externally, we embody the divine feminine and the divine masculine. But generally what we see in society through all of these distortions is the wounded feminine and the toxic masculine, right? So the wounded feminine is that kind of that people pleaser energy. And what we actually need to do is bring in more of our divine masculine, which is the boundaries. Now, sometimes people will swing the pendulum too far and they get really like hardcore and, and rude and abrasive with their boundaries, but we can actually do it from a place of loving boundaries. And when we do that, this is, this comes into authenticity, right? This comes into when we are being true to ourselves about what we need and we are elevating ourselves um, to our highest frequency and we are showing up in the way that we know is the best way to show up in the world um people will respect that yeah. you know people I, I never have a problem with placing boundaries my my and and I would actually say if you're going into any sort of work where you've got any level of visibility um we actually have to have really strong energetics and boundaries because Ooh. otherwise everybody wants your energy Everyone wants a piece of you. Everyone wants a piece of you. But even if you're not in a really visible place, I would say just in an everyday life, that's still the case because you've got, you know, maybe some dysfunctional family members or maybe some like, you know, out of whack um, dynamics in the workplace or maybe some friend friendships that are actually not in, in that, you know, beautiful flow of giving, receiving. Maybe they're a bit unbalanced or a bit toxic. So when we come back to that that true essence of ourselves and we hold those boundaries and we we claim our authenticity then things around us do shift you do see that change and I want to give another real example so we're talking about kind of like the ground level stuff but um and and you know obviously I support people with all of that but I also help them come into the fullness of their multi-dimensional mastery which is where we go to the whole other level of really working with the cosmic nature of ourselves embodied here on earth so that we can create magic and miracles all around us. Now, one of my clients um, is a lawyer. And when she came to me, she was just like, you know, she knew that there was something more wanting to awaken within her and something more that she was meant to be experiencing in life. But she was just exhausted because she was dealing, you know, it, with with trials and, and um, claimants that were, you know, in these very high energy, high emotional states. She was getting like, you know, she would come home absolutely drained from this very, unhealthy energy that was directed at her all day and then you know she had to try and be present for her kids as a single mom like it was really hard so we moved into first thing morning practice and that already started to shift so much but then we moved into um opening actual uh, multi-dimensional containers throughout the day and closing those containers off which Obviously, that's an advanced practice, but the core essence of it is moving through your day with intention and consciousness. So not just 
going from this thing to this thing, to this thing, to this thing. Now I've got to run to that meeting. Now I've got to go to there so that you're taking everything with you. And all of that energy is bleeding through your whole day so that by the end of the day, whoever gets you at the end of the day, whether it's your dog or your partner or your kids, they are getting the most depleted version of you. Rather than doing that, we actually consciously bring intent and for the highest outcome to every every aspect of our day. And we clear the energy as we go. We clear our energy fields as we go. And she now has seen three amazing things, right? The first thing is at the end of the day, she's energized now rather than depleted because she has been so in her sovereignty that she's actually she, she actually feels really lifted up. The second thing she started seeing was that the claimants she's working with, they are far less combative and it's much easier and smoother now to get to a good solution for all. And then the third thing that she saw was that those claimants who um, were most likely to be re like really combative, they drop out of her schedule altogether. Like if they're appointed to her, then then they will have they will have to reschedule. And then when they reschedule, she won't be available. So they'll be put with someone else. So she doesn't even, and that's what I was sharing with, you know, my incident on the elevator is that when we elevate our frequency and we operate on a higher timeline, there are certain things that just can't come into our fields because because the, the the they're on such a lower frequency and a lower timeline to what we are that they're just no longer a part of our reality and it's it's, it's, it's so important to know this at least from someone in my shoes because you know I do the work I've done the work and in my lifetime so I had the toxic masculinity right where you couldn't I had a know-it-all energy you couldn't tell me anything so if I was dating someone they was afraid to tell me the truth like get out of here you don't know what you're talking about you know I had that and then I learned like how to let go, right? And let the universe. So then I got into that space and then I started realizing like, oh, here's the wounded feminine, right? So then I had <laughs> toxic masculine, the wounded feminine. Now, now I'm thinking moving to like authenticity. It's more like wholeness, more completeness, right? 100%. And I'm learning that for me, I'm trying to figure out why is it that when you jump timelines, like I've jumped timelines in my life. I've been in a lot of different vibrations and frequencies of people. I'm not there. I'm not there anymore, but I used to go back and I'm trying to figure out because I had my Akasha record reading. I'm like, why is it that I'm going back when I'm up, like in this yeah. higher room? And I think in my mind it's because even one self-sabotage, I'm afraid to go higher or there's nobody here with me, but all the people I connect to, I'm helping or in a lower frequency and I go back, what is that paradox and why does that happen? Because the main thing is, what I'm really asking is how does a person sustain a high vibration and stay there? Like how- 100%. Do you know, this is such a good question. Um, <laughs> I kind of call it like, refer to what you're you're talking about as the snakes and ladders. Did you guys have that game in the States? It, no. It's a board game, okay. No. It's it's a board game we had in Australia, Snakes and Ladders. And so the idea is that you get from the bottom of the board all the way to the top of the board. And if you get to a ladder, you get to go up. But if you land on a snake, oh, you've got to go down. <laughs> and it's like, you know, this is this happens to people. They get up there, yeah. but then all of a sudden they're dropping back down. And my answer to that is um, embodiment is an active process. 
embodiment is an active process it's not that we just suddenly get to that point of being wow you know i've cleared this stuff i i'm enlightened i'm awakened i get it all and i'm just gonna cruise along at this high frequency because again you know we've there's so much going on in these these lower realities and all around us so we have to stay we have to have those core practices right we have to have those core practices and we have to really stay with those but then also things can happen in life that shift right so uh you know i'll share a, 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 an incredible example in a minute of how i jumped a timeline at the the time that my dad was transitioning um but, you know, things can hit us. Maybe it's a breakup. Maybe it's a friend, like, treating us really badly. Maybe it's whatever, whatever, right? And so we could. that's really easy to slip back into that victimhood mode or to overcompensate, go into toxic masculine and try and control everything. But really it's about, um, again, coming into that center and meeting it, leaning into the lessons, you know. We're alchemists. We are alchemists. Anything that like kind of like comes into our experience, I love to approach it with that childlike curiosity, you know, and yes, you feel it, right? We can't we can't not feel these things because then we go into spiritual bypassing and there are people that are stuck in that. They're stuck in false light. They're like, I'm not going to feel anything bad. I'm not going to, they, they put labels of bad and negative and they suppress everything. And it's like, I'm all love and light yeah, and, you know, and like someone can die and they won't even process the grief because they'll just be like, it was their time to move on. It's all love and light. And then there's just all this like stuff just pushed down inside them, which is going to manifest as cancer or it's going to manifest you know in some way so we have to be present and we have to be real and we have to move through things and meet it but we meet it I love to say to my clients meet it as the witness not the participant Mm -hmm. so the difference with that when we when we versus observing yeah 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 so if we're like just getting into the swamp and wallowing around in that swamp then yeah that's a <laughs> that's a different energy but if we are like observing and going okay this is this is what's going on and we're still allowing the emotion to process but we do it in a conscious way so yes we allow ourselves to cry but maybe we work with some of the tools to uh you know like move that through so that might be some movement practices it might be working with a rattle or a, a sound instrument it might be working with breath Um, you know, we allow ourselves to process things and we look at, okay, so what, 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 what am I, what am I learning here? What is the, what is the, the gift in this and where do I want to go from here? You know, so that's, if something hits us, if it's just day-to-day stuff and we got a bit complacent, we have to just be like, really, I, I, there's two principles I always come back to radical self-awareness and radical self-responsibility, right? So the radical self-awareness is being aware when we're slipping, being aware of like, oh, like you said before, I don't normally think those things or I don't normally say those things. So picking ourselves up and going, okay, something is off here. Maybe I've got an attachment. Maybe I've slipped into something because that's not me, you know? And and I like I had that a few days ago, I was like, I, I was you know, walking down the street and I, I thought this really grumpy kind of thought and I'm like, whoa, 
hang on a minute, <laughs> that's not you. And so we've got to have that radical self-awareness. But the second part is the radical self-responsibility. We need to do something about it. So rather than just going, okay, yeah, cool, it'll sort itself out. This is when we come to our practices. And I would say it's essential to have um, at least at different points in the journey and definitely at the beginning, some sort of like mentor, coach or program or something that helps you with that. So you you, uh, you don't pick the, the kind of coaches or mentors or programs that tell you your answers, right? Because that's old paradigm and that's toxic. You have your own answers. You are like an incredible wisdom keeper. You hold all of it within you look for the support that is actually going to help you to access that. So the tools and the practices and the awarenesses that are going to bring you into the fullness of your mastery and your wisdom. And those things really, really help us to shift those paradigms and kind of like fill up our toolkit so that we've got things to draw on so that when we have those moments of self-awareness and go, uh, okay, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm not on my highest timeline anymore. I'm not in that higher frequency. We can actually come into that responsibility and draw on that. a way to radically self-accept and be radical and self-responsibility when we're slipping. Like, how do we do that when we're slipping, we're falling, we feel like things are off? What's the first thing? Get back to center, like through meditation, through our routine. Like, what is that go-to to say, let me get back over here because I'm really too far yeah. Yeah. So again, this really depends on the tools that people have built up. Um, so for example, the people who've been through my Rainbow Tablets Mystery School, they go to those tools because they're the most elevated tools that they've got. People who've been through my multidimensional mastery program, they'll go to tools there. But if someone doesn't have like a massive toolkit, I would say, again, I go back to that rainbow pyramid. That is the staple, right? Because, and, and that is free on my homepage of my website for anybody who wants to use it. It's also on my YouTube, but YouTube stick ads in it. So <laughs> it's better on the, on the website, but you know, coming back in, coming back to basics, right? Coming back into, okay, I've got to align my energy and really land there. The other thing is deepening connection um, with the land, right? We often, when we come into that slipping mode, it's because we've gone um, back into disconnection. We've gone back into fragmentation. Being in connection with the land, it, it there's just a remembering and a purity in the land, yeah? So I would encourage everyone, wherever they live, to have some sacred space that they go to. Now, it might be a sacred site or a sacred mountain or sacred waters, but it could just be a park. It could just be a special tree or a garden or something, you know, a, a section of the beach, but your place that it's like, it's, and, 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 you know, I use this word in inverted commas because I know it means different things to different people, but it's like a moment of being with God, right? Reconnecting with God or source or universe or the divine, whatever word people want to use, right? So they go back to that space in nature and you just breathe with it. You breathe with it. Maybe you make, bring some gratitude. Gratitude is an amazing way to come back to our center, right? Because gratitude is one of the highest frequencies. So, you know, um, maybe we can just do like a, a, a 60 second practice right now, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So just placing one hand on the heart and one hand um, on the solar plexus, which is the, the chakra point, um, just kind of like under the rib cage. And just taking a deep breath in all the way down to the bottom belly, the middle belly, the chest. And then uh, breathing everything out. Just two more times. So letting go of everything before this moment and actually breathing into the warmth in the hands, bringing the consciousness into presence. And starting to slow everything down, breathing into the moment between the moments, the space between the space. Letting everything slow down. And then bringing your attention to something in your life you are so grateful for. Might be a person, a place, an animal, a gift. And really feeling that gratitude, really breathing it into the heart center. And feeling as you breathe that into the heart center, how that gratitude for this thing that is so beautiful in your life, how it spreads out into every cell in your body and out into your auric field. And radiating this love and gratitude towards that person, place, animal or thing. perhaps even feeling that love and gratitude flowing back to you like a beautiful infinity, a figure of eight. Okay, and just opening your eyes now. So if you do that for about three minutes with maybe three different things, right? So I like to do maybe a person, a place, and then um, just, you know, something else. I mean, it can even be like someone who loves to play the guitar or whatever, you know, it can be, it can be that, the musical expression. But we spend like at least a good minute really feeling that gratitude, really breathing it out. It shifts the frequency because when we drop into that lower way of being what we've really dropped into is disconnection so gratitude brings us back to the heart it brings us back to presence it brings us back to the magic being in nature brings us back that and our and our beautiful energy practices removes those like attachments you know it clears stuff out of our field so I would say these three things are the core if people don't have more advanced tools to to draw on those three staples will just bring you back and realign you. Very simple. There's two last things that uh, I want to acknowledge, talk about, because I feel like everyone can relate in some sort. Heartbreak and money, right? So when someone's experiencing heartbreak, how does one get over it and what should they do while they're in it? Because, you know, yeah. I'm in a space right now where I've experienced heartbreak months ago, but I have people in my life that are experiencing it right now. 
and everybody's different. But from your perspective, what is like the go-to to kind of go through that or grow through that? Like, what, what do you recommend? Yeah. Again, it's really layered. Um, I, I and it's a process. You know, we have to kind of be patient. Some some heartbreaks we can get past in a couple of months. Some might take like eight or ten months, depending on what's happening. Especially if we're dealing with betrayal. And I've actually got an episode on my podcast on the Live Your Highest Expression podcast, which is how to deal with betrayal and move through it, because that's something big that can come up when people are coming out of relationships, right? Um, but I would say, first and foremost, you do have to allow yourself to feel it. But again, we don't want to wallow and get stuck in it. So having positive, like positive ways to process it, yeah, so that you're actually processing and releasing as opposed to drowning. <laughs> There's a really, really <laughs> big difference, right? There's a really big difference. So um, again, you know, for, for me, I tend to work with the cacao or I will work with maybe some um, medicine drum because uh, I, I, I find sound, especially drumming, is really good at moving the energy through. Shaking energy out is really, really powerful. Like, and even if you need to put sound to it and you need to scream and you need to cry and whatever, but shaking it out of the body because a lot of like when we get this emotion overload it can overload our nervous system which is why a lot of people go into a feeling almost like depression right so they get stuck in it because we're not moving it through the body and generally when we're in that state we don't feel like going to the gym we don't feel like you know going for a walk along the beach we feel like eating doritos or something and watching netflix right we go to that low place so even just getting up and just like putting, you know, whether it be some African drumming or whatever, some music on and just shaking it out and doing that once a day just to get that energy moving out of the body, doing some conscious breath work, doing journaling. All of these things are positive ways to process the emotion. And then the other thing I would say is those times are amazing times to actually focus on you. Bring yourself back to you, right? Because all of our energy in those moments are gener is generally bleeding out from ourselves. When we're in heartbreak, a lot of our focus is on that person, on the past, on the future. We are literally just bleeding our energy out. And this is why we feel so depleted and so uncentered. So bringing yourself back to you, it might be, you know, reading a book. Like, like, you know, my second book about divine union and sacred sexuality, that is so healing for people, you know, going through heartbreak. It might be enrolling in a program or um, starting to even like, you know, if someone has always wanted to do like a, a drumming circle or something like that, finding a drumming circle or, or, or yoga or whatever, but learning a language even, you know, doing something that is for them to bring that energy back in and just spend time with you, right? And yes, there is definitely a place for hanging out with friends and all of that. But often when we're in that space, we don't want to be around people, you know, and we don't want to have to be keeping up appearances. So like nurturing the self, I, I think that is an incredible time to step into like a, a transformational program or take on a mentor or something like that, because that's when you're going, I choose me. Hmm. I choose me and I invest in myself and my growth. And sometimes in life, we just 
we just need that extra bit of help and like community or connection to help us see a different perspective, you know, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually really, really healthy. Yeah. That's amazing. And like I said, the last one is money. Why do you do think in the collective consciousness, there's this, everybody wants money because we have, we have to have money, but some of us are working so hard and we have, we're experiencing burnout and then most of us are not doing the things we love or on our purpose to make money. So then I feel like our relationship with money is even negative or not so positive. And then it's just a, it's a complex relationship. It's like, I love to hate you relationship, right? Yeah. 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 And then you don't have money. Then it's like, how do you find a silver lining where you like build a consistency or a good relationship with money where no matter what you're going through, you can always have it come into your life. Because everything comes through the vessel of us. Everything right. has come through me. Wherever I get a job, opportunity, a gig, it's coming through your vessel. Your yeah. Friend. So why do you so think- So you just answered the question, right? You just- <laughs> <laughs> You know, the answer to this is, is a bit more multidimensional if I go in at the top level. So first thing I would love to suggest is anybody who wants to know more about this, I would love to suggest that they go to my YouTube channel. It's just Cielanu Estrella. And um, look for the video called uh, the uh, something like "What is the Cosmic Truth of Abundance?" Yeah, that's actually the first chapter of my third book, which I haven't released yet. But that that chapter itself is a transmission; it's an activation because it's the the lack program is one of the biggest disempowering programs that has been woven into our societies and into our, our psyche and into our consciousness. And without getting too far into it, basically um, the lack program, it keeps us away from our, our, our sovereignty. It keeps us away from remembering we are master creators capable of like the most beautiful magic and miracles and limitless possibilities, right? And that abundance is not external to ourselves. We are abundance. We are abundance in motion because we we are, everything is consciousness, everything is living and we are the transmission tower. So therefore everything is a moving sacred co-creation. So when we unplug from these distortions and and this disempowering program that has been, you know, plugged into us at every every angle and we come back to that truth of who we are and again that authentic express, expression and unlocking the 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 power of our frequency this is when and we clear the limiting beliefs this is when like we tap into that infinite ever-flowing abundance we manifest miracles and and magic in our everyday lives you know so it's a journey it is a journey again I go back to that whole thing it's a journey of <laughs> you know shedding all that we're not in order to re-embody all that we truly are activation yeah. Constant thing is you can't 100%. Time, time on, so 100%. Like, work. Yeah. So, I again, I would love to recommend that, that listeners check out my books, The Rainbow Tablets. Um, first one, Journey Back to Wholeness, then Divine Union and Sacred Sexu Sexuality, and then the the um, video about abundance on, on the YouTube, because that is really bringing us, it, it, basically what the books do is they shatter the illusions, right? They yeah. shatter the illusions because we have all, if we think that there's lack and yes, I'm not, I'm, 
we experience it, right? Because if we think that there's lack, we do experience it. So I'm not saying to people there, there is no lack, you know, um, yeah, you'll experience it if it's programmed into your frequency, because you're, you're a transmission tower, you're creating your reality, right? And even if you're born into that, you look at like, there are people who are born into abject poverty, who end up either being really incredibly wealthy or really, you know, comfortable and and create these amazing life. So it's not about, um, but I was born this way and I, I have no power to change it. It's about shifting these disempowerment programs and unplugging from these limiting beliefs. And I want to, I want to finish on um, one example of an absolute miracle. Now it's not necessarily um, to do with abundance, but it, it shows what is possible. And of course, abundance comes in many times, many forms, right? So when I say we create our reality and we choose our timeline, I really, really mean this. And the more that we come back to ourselves and the more that we connect with the earth as, as consciousness and a co-creator, and we connect the stars and our, our, you know, our guides, our star family, whatever you want to call it. And we work in sacred co-creation. We really come into that unification of earth and stars within ourselves. We we discover our cosmic nature. During, uh, just before the pandemic in 2020, um, before I could release my first book, because I work in such deep sacred co-creation with the lands, I was told that I had to go to three different places to um, gain the permissions to bring this level of cosmic remembering back to earth. So one was Egypt, one was in Peru, and then one was at the, the most sacred place in Australia called Uluru. Some people might know it by the, the Western name, Ayers Rock, but it's actually called Uluru. So I was called out there. I went at the beginning of 2020, just as I was releasing my book, and I asked the ancestors permission to restore uh, this remembering to earth and received all of the blessings. And then on my last day there, I was sitting channeling at um, this beautiful space and talking to the ancestors and, you know, they were sharing beautiful things with me. And then I said, thank you. And I, I got up to get to go to the bus and one of the grandmothers stepped forward and she said to me, there's one more thing you need to know before you go. And I said, what's that? And she said, this time home in Australia is the last time you will see one of your parents. And I, it hit me in like hit me like a soccer punch and I said thank you but I choose a different timeline and I left and I went back and I only had four days left in Australia at that point um, and I had all these catch-ups planned and I cancelled everything I cancelled everything and just hung out with my parents both my parents were healthy at this time and I just hung out with them and then I I went back to Peru and then um, the pandemic happened and then I was I was in military lockdown for about four months in in Peru. Literally had to manifest a miracle to get out and and made it to the UK. And then that was it. I was I was stuck there because Australia had closed their borders. And uh, around I think it was around December on twenty in twenty twenty, my dad went in for a routine colonoscopy. They perforated his bowel and didn't realize and yeah. sent him home. And then a few hours later, he was in excruciating pain, rushed into emergency surgery, and it started a 10-month battle. Um, and at that point, we didn't, like, I mean, we didn't know. We didn't know um, how it was going to go. And so I, he wanted, like, of course, I wanted to get back to Australia to be by his side. He wanted me there. So I, I booked a commercial flight and the flight got cancelled. I booked another commercial flight and the flight got cancelled. I booked a third commercial flight and the flight got cancelled. Australia's borders were 
closed. And um, by this point, because this had been going on for, for, for probably two months at that point, by this point, it was looking like my dad wasn't going to be able to hold on for very long. And when I told him the third time it had been cancelled, it was like his soul was crushed. And I said to him, Dad, don't give up on me. Don't give up on me. You know the magic that I work with. You know I create miracles. I am going to get there. I need you to hold on. So that night I thought, what do I do, right? This is an example of where you could go into that despair. And, and you know, I had people saying to me, see, this is the way of the world. A lot of people aren't getting to say goodbye to their relatives right now. Maybe you should just accept this. And I was like, but that's not my reality. That's not how I operate. So I was like, what can I do? And I was like, I need to talk to the ancestors at Uluru. They were the ones that told me this was going to happen. And I said to them at that point, I choose a different timeline. So from my London apartment, I came into multidimensional ceremony um, and connected with the ancestors at Uluru. And I said to them, you know, I told you I was choosing another timeline. I really ask, please open the pathway for me to come back um, so I can see my dad. Uh, and I said to them, if there's anything you need me to do in return, for if it's for my highest good and the highest good of all, I give myself in service. And they said, yes, there are some cosmic codes that we need you to anchor. So that took me about 10 hours. It was a really strong energetic process. And then I finished it and I went to bed. The next morning, I woke up to an email from the Australian government saying I had a flight. I had been on that list for seven and a half months, seven and a half months. I had never had a communication. And then the next morning after working in that sacred co-creation and creating my reality, I had a flight and the government flights didn't get canceled. Now, by this point, my dad was actually in a coma. I get teary as I say this. And uh, I said to my mum, hold the phone up to his ear, hold the phone up to his ear. And she did. And I told him, I said, dad, I'm coming. I've got a flight. It's a government flight. It won't get canceled. Please hold on. I'm coming. And we saw his eyelids flutter and a tear went down his cheek. And, um, and I made it. I, I got over there. We weren't sure if he was going to last while I was in the quarantine because it was 14 days, but he came out of the coma and, um, and I got to have three amazing weeks with him. I got to have like the beautiful hugs and everything. Cause at that time he was actually able to sit up. We played cards, you know, we, we were having, you know, a really great time. And then the borders started to all completely close and my, my flight home got canceled. And I said to him, dad, I've got to leave. Otherwise I'm not going to get back to the UK. And we always knew that that was going to be a possibility. And so I went back and, um, Anyway, a, a few months later, my my dad did transition. But I, if I had not understood my power as a co-creator, if I didn't know that what we think is reality and what we think is just the way that it is and that's the bureaucracy and that's that's the things that you can't change, I would not have got to hug my dad that last time and have those precious three weeks. But when we know the truth of who we are, we know that nothing is impossible. There are no limits. And this is how we also break that abundance, you know, program of lack. Because when we realize that what we're being told is all an illusion, and we come back to that power and that connection, connection is everything and sovereignty. And we 
you know, we hold that high frequency and we choose that as an active embodiment. You know, we, we continue to show up in that way. It's, as you would say, it's miracle season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. Wow, that was like, that was a beautiful story. I felt like I was in a movie. I'm like, yeah. Oh, you just, oh man, you just, yeah. Sia, thank you. <laughs> how can how can we follow you or find you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. So I'm on I'm on Instagram, Cielano Estrella. Um, and uh, for those, because I know it's a long name, shall I just I'll just spell it for your listen, listeners? It's S I A L A N U. E-S-T-R-E-L-L-A, because <laughs> I know it's a bit of a tricky name. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. And as I said, the books are, they are life-changing. They are life-changing. They are channeled books. They are channeled, channeled cosmic channeled wisdom. Information in book. Yeah, I channeled it through. And then at the beginning of each chapter, there's a bit that's written by me that is my story. So you get both um the story of like what it means to embody this and, and, you know, live in this embodiment and then you get the pure channeled um, information. So they're really, they're really beautiful. And I just want everybody to know, like, you are the master, you know, you are divine. Don't, don't, don't believe anything that you've been told. And like you, you and I were having a little chat before we started recording about, you know, these things that we experience as children. And like I said, I grew up with a really abusive mother. I've had, you know, some other really horrific experiences as well. I could have let them destroy me. And if I'm completely honest, when I was, uh, I think it was 22, I actually tried to take my life because I just, I just didn't know my way through the pain. And, um, at that time, you know, something miraculous happened. And I, I remember waking up the next day and going, well, this has to be rock bottom. You know, if you've reached that point, that has to be rock bottom. And I said, which means the only way up, the only way from here is up. And I just made that commitment to heal myself. And I think that commitment to ourselves, that commitment to come back and say, I choose me and, and not to look at the healing as a, a heavy journey, but to approach it with that childlike curiosity, like it's a big process. Yeah. There's going to be moments where we feel like we're cracked open, but it's also so incredibly magical and so beautiful and, and wow, what a gift to experience so much and to feel so much. And then as you say, like be in that authentic embodiment and you walk in a room, people feel that. So you lift everyone around you through your own embodiment, through your own authenticity. And honestly, this is how we change the world. That is. See it. Thank you. You're so <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Bigger Talks, Bigger Talks podcast. Subscribe to this episode. Follow her on all social platforms. I'm pretty sure people are going to get some healing from this episode. Um, I'm thankful. I appreciate you. I honor you. Sending you love and light. So it is. Till next time. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on.